Note to parents, over the last few years, picture books for children have become more and more popular, owing to the fact that parents are caring a lot about the education of their children, as well as communal reading being recommended by professionals. Parents and children reading picture books together has become an important method of communication between them. It also helps to create a warm atmosphere at home. The Telling Stories by Master Hightow series has received a lot of interest from readers since its publication. In light of this compassion culture, part of the charity of compassion to life has published picture books dealing with 12 different themes for children. These include kindness and compassion, appreciative joy and equanimity, wisdom, bravery, contentment, gratitude, diligence, filial respect and affection, peace, honesty, and wealth and happiness. These books have shown children the kinds of personalities and beliefs they should possess to help them face the challenges of future life, as well as teaching them to treat the world and all sentient beings with the utmost loving compassion. This book series has used simple narration and conversations that reveal profound Buddhist spirit and teaching. Outstanding illustrators have been invited to draw lovely pictures to go with the stories. It is hoped that the kids can develop their interest in reading, think about the value of life, and moreover, develop an understanding and approval of Buddhism through reading these books. We hope that during the development, children can be accompanied by not only their parents, but also teachings from these Buddhist stories in such a way that allows them to cultivate their personalities, nurture their mind, and improve their quality of life. I tell. Illustrated stories from Master Hightow remind ourselves to be honest. A true friend. Among Buddha's disciples, Magaliputta was the one who possessed the greatest supernatural power. Before he became a Buddhist monk, he was born into a wealthy and noble family. As a result, he made many friends, and Dana, a heretic, was one of them. They were very close, even more so than real brothers. After Mogilaputta became a monk, he lost contact with Dana. Although he thought of his old friend every now and then, he was very busy preaching Buddhist doctrines at different places and never had a chance to go back and visit his old friend. One day, Magya Laputa went back to his hometown. His neighbors came to him and said, 
your good friend Donna has been using his power and social status to cheat us out of money. Magalaputa was very sad when he heard this. He never thought his best friend would have been so thoroughly transformed into another person in the space of just a few years. And therefore, he was determined to find an opportunity to speak to his old friend. When he saw Donna, he felt very sad and told him off for his behavior. Donna explained, I have done all this because I need to take care of my parents and children. Also, I need money to perform good deeds and make offerings to the God as well as my ancestors. I have no other choice. But you should not cheat people for their money, even for these reasons. Magalaputa knew his friend was lying and asked, Is that really the situation? Donna became speechless and blushed when pressed by Magalaputa's questions. He felt ashamed and embarrassed to lie to his friend, who possessed supernatural powers. So he said honestly, I am so sorry, what I just said was a lie. The truth is that I married a beautiful woman. She always asks for the most expensive things and spends a lot of money every day. If I don't offer her enough money, she will get mad and plunge the family into chaos. I need to get the money in order to satisfy her. Magila Puta disagreed. You are a man. How can you be afraid of your wife? You have done so many bad things. Are you not afraid of being punished in the future for your evil karma? As a good husband, you should advise her and teach her, and you should both live a new life. Having heard the criticism from Magila Puta, Donna suddenly realized what he did was wrong, and he promised to correct himself. From then on, he was no longer under his wife's orders, but instead advised her to practice Buddhism with him and to perform good deeds. Donna said to everyone, No one dared to point out the mistakes I made except Magila Puta. He is the only person who told me the truth. He really is my true friend. Words to parents. Nowadays, parents sometimes spoil their children as material life becomes more and more comfortable. However, we should spend some time checking to see if we are attending to our children's needs appropriately and help them to develop control over their desires. We should let them know that there are many people in the world who are still in need of material provisions and that everyone should cultivate the good habits of diligence and frugality. Learn more about Buddhism. It is often said in the Buddha Sutra, it is extremely difficult to obtain human birth. In the Agama Sutra, there is a following analogy. 
Imagine there is a small piece of wood floating in the ocean with a small hole in it. And there is also a blind turtle that only emerges above the surface of the sea once every hundred years. The chance of being reincarnated as a human being is as small as that of the turtle putting its head into the hole in the piece of the wood. Therefore, we must aim to be a good person with great virtues and perform good deeds to serve others in order to deserve this precious opportunity. The Story of Buying Fruit Once upon a time, there was a family in which almost everyone contracted the flu. An elder in the family knew that the Amalaka fruit could provide a cure, so he sent his servant to the orchid to buy the fruit. Before the servant left, the elder reminded him, Please tell the owner of the fruit farm to offer you the sweet ones only. Do not bring back any unripe ones. The servant nodded in agreement. Once the servant arrived at the fruit farm, he repeated to the owner what his master had said. The owner of the fruit farm said, I assure you, the fruits I sell are all very sweet. You may pick any one of them and try it for yourself. Then you will know that we are honest about the quality of our fruit. The simple-minded servant was worried that the seller would lie to him. So he thought a while and said, How can I ensure that every fruit is sweet if I can only try one of them? I need to taste every single fruit before I buy. The owner replied, You are very thoughtful, but if you bite the fruit, then we cannot sell it anymore. I can only accept the refund of the fruits which do not taste good. However, if they are sweet, then you have to buy them all because they will have been bitten by you. The servant said, Of course, I will only return the bad ones to you, and I will buy all the sweet ones. After this agreement, the servant took a bite out of every fruit. All the fruits were indeed very sweet, so the servant happily paid for them all and hurried home with a barrel of bitten fruit. The elder of the family heard the heavy footsteps, so he knew the servant had come home. He asked in a loud voice, Have you got the sweet ones? I got them. I have checked every single one, and they are all very sweet. The seller is indeed very honest. The servant said this proudly. The elder came close and saw that all the fruits had been beaten. He felt a wave of disgust and never dared to send the servant to buy fruit again. 
words to parents. Parents could ask their children what they would do if they were the servant in this story. We should discuss with our children the ways of dealing with problems and how to use wisdom to see beyond their surface. We should also teach them not to be arrogant from the outset. In the standards of being a good youngster, it is said that to be a responsible person, one must do things attentively without the need of supervision and try one's best to accomplish each task with wisdom. Learn more about Buddhism. The five commandments of Buddhism are not to kill, not to steal, not to have immoral sexual relationships, not to lie, and not to consume alcohol. Lying includes being dishonest about what you think or failing to tell the truth. Honest people can receive six good rewards. One, being respected by both human beings and deities. Two, having a silver tongue. Three, having no fear when preaching in public. Four, possessing 40 teeth when becoming a Buddha. Five, being eloquent when debating. Six, attaining enlightenment quickly. The story of Adiba. In ancient Tibet, there was a person named Adiba. After he argued with someone, he would always blush and run home as fast as he could, running around his farmland and house three laps before sitting next to his farm and panting for breath. Adiba was a hard-working person. Over time, his house and his farmland became greater and greater. However, no matter how big the size of his house and farmland, he would still run around the house for three laps after he had an argument. But what was the reason for this? No one knew, and all those who knew him felt puzzled when they tried to ask him, he never explained. As Adiba grew old, after he got angry, he could only walk around his house and land with the help of a walking stick. This was a difficult and slow process. After he had finished the three laps, the sun would already have set. One day, Adiba was sitting by the field and panting for breath. His grandson asked him, Grandpa, you are getting old now. No one has a bigger farm than you do. You should no longer run around your farmland every time you get angry. Can you tell me the secret as to why you always run around the farm three laps whenever you have an argument? 
Adiba was unable to refuse his grandson's inquiry, so he finally told the secret which had been hidden inside his heart for many years. He said, When I was young, every time I argued with people and got angry, I would run around my house and farmland while thinking, Both my house and my farmland are so small. How can I waste my time getting upset with others? When I thought of this, I would stop being angry and spend my time working harder. But Grandpa, now you are getting old and you have become the richest person. How come you still run around the house and the farmland? Adiba said with a smile. I still get angry now. When I get angry, I walk around my house three laps and say to myself, Both my house and farmland are so big. What's the point of arguing with other people? When I think of this, I don't get upset anymore. The grandson replied while smiling. I know the reason now. Adiba smiled too. The grandpa and the grandson then happily went home together in the sunset. Words to parents. We should teach children that it's important to practice tolerance and to control one's desires. This is because having too much desire can cause someone to lose their independence and come under the control of other people. Tolerance is a great virtue and it means being open-minded regarding other people's opinions while it's also sticking to one's own principles. This allows us to become truly strong. There is a saying in Buddhism, the fire of hatred can burn the forest of merits and virtues. It means that bad temper or anger can destroy all the merits and virtues that one has attained through spiritual practice and the practice of good deeds. Therefore, one should avoid getting angry or becoming bad-tempered. In Buddhism, tolerance can be used to act against hatred, and this is the best way to keep a peaceful mind. The transformation of a dying bat into a beef pot. In ancient times, there was a country called Kofun, in which it was popular for people to dye cloth themselves. One day, someone lost his cow and could not find it anywhere. He eventually walked up a mountain and without realizing, came to the dwelling place of a saint. The saint's name was Li Yue, and he was busy dyeing some cloth in his yard. Strangely, the cloth in the vat gradually turned into cow's skin. The dye turned into cow's blood, and the dye plants turned into beef. The owner of the cow was astonished at what he had seen. He thought that the cow skin and the beef had come from his lost cow. 
Without stopping to find out the truth, he rushed into the yard and said to Li Yue angrily, You have stolen my cow. Shame on you. I will put you in jail. Without waiting for Li Yue to say a word, the owner caught Li Yue and brought him to the king. Li Yue was then put in jail and imprisoned in complete darkness. The small room in which he was jailed was not only the area where he ate and slept, but also his toilet. It smelled terrible. In the summer, the jail was hot and humid with bugs and fleas all over the place. In the winter, the jail was cold and dry, and there was never enough food. All the while Li Yue suffered in this jail, his disciples had been trying hard to find him, but they didn't manage to get any information about their master. One day, one of his disciples arrived at the capital of Kofin. He finally discovered that his master had been put in jail and that he had been living in misery for 20 years. He immediately visited the king and said anxiously, Your Majesty, my master is a Buddhist monk who has attained enlightenment. Why has he been put in jail? I think you must have got the wrong person. Please be kind and release my master. The king thought, a monk would never lie and break the discipline of not telling the truth. Therefore, he issued an order. If there was any monk in the jail, he has to be released immediately. After Li Yue heard the message in his cell, he suddenly regained his original glowing appearance. His messy hair and beard all fell off and his robe became clean and shiny. The jailer was astonished to see this and rushed to report it to the king. The king came to meet Li Yue and said respectfully, Master, it was my fault to have put you in the jail for such a long time. I am so sorry to have made you suffer in this way. Please forgive me. Your Majesty, you don't have to ask for my forgiveness. This is actually the retribution of my karma. Everyone was puzzled at hearing what he said. He continued, In my previous life, I lost a cow. I looked for it everywhere but could not find it. Then without any evidence, I wrongly accused a saint for stealing my cow, which caused the saint to suffer a lot. Although I have become a Buddhist monk and attained enlightenment in this life, I still needed to make punishment for that, and thus had to be wrongly accused, imprisoned, and experienced this suffering in this life. You should all take my example as a warning. Words to Parents Parents should teach children the concept that if you owe anything to others, you must repay them sooner or later. Therefore, we should be cautious. In particular, we should not wrongly accuse others or take things from others 
without their permission, as we will have to pay for what we have done at some point. Learn about Buddhism. People often think Buddhism has been linked to vegetarianism. Actually, vegetarianism was not an issue in the Buddhist time. Buddhist monks ate whatever they received, whether it were meat or vegetables. Vegetarianism in Buddhism originated with Emperor Wu of Liang Dynasty in ancient China. He was a devoted Buddhist. He promoted Buddhism with great effort whilst ruling China. He was a devoted Buddhist. He promoted Buddhism with great effort whilst ruling the country. He ordered all Buddhist monks and nuns in the temple had to commit to vegetarianism. This tradition has been passed on until now. So the monks of the Chinese Buddhist tradition are vegetarians. Be your own master. A brave little mongoose. Once upon a time, there lived a poor couple in India. Every day, they were forced to beg to survive in the street. They had no children, but they did have a little mongoose as a pet. All three of them lived in harmony. Eventually, the wife became pregnant and gave birth to a lovely boy. Although they now had their own child, the couple still treated the little mongoose lovingly. The little mongoose also treated the newborn baby as if he were his own younger brother. The mongoose would walk in circles around the baby and would lovingly lick the small hands and small face of the child. One day, the husband went out begging and left his wife and the baby at home. After feeding her baby milk, the wife went to their neighbor to borrow a mortar and pestle so that she could grind the rice grain her husband had obtained through begging in the past few days. Unexpectedly, the smell of the milk fed to the baby attracted a poisonous snake. The poisonous snake had hidden in a corner of the house for a long time. As soon as the mother went out, the poisonous snake crawled out of the corner, opened its big mouth, and was about to eat the beautiful little baby. The little mongoose was shocked at seeing the poisonous snake. It thought, Mom and Dad are not here. I must protect my younger brother. Mongooses are the natural enemies of snakes. This little mongoose bravely rushed towards the snake, scratching and biting it. Very soon the snake was dead. I killed the poisonous snake and protected my younger brother. Mom and Dad will surely praise me. At first, the little mongoose 
was very pleased and licked its paws. But then it thought, when they come home, they will only see the snake's body. How would they know what I have done? The little mongoose thought it over for a while. It finally decided to wipe the snake blood around its mouth, expecting that mom and dad would praise him. Soon, the couple returned home. The first thing they saw was the little mongoose with blood all around its mouth. Shivers ran down their spines. Their instincts told them that the mongoose must have eaten their baby. When the mongoose ran towards them wagging its tail, the husband, in a fit of anger, raised his stick and gave the mongoose a fierce beating. However, when the couple stepped further into the house, they found that their son was safe and sound. The remains of a poisonous snake lay beside the baby. They then realized that the little mongoose had saved their son's life, but they had rewarded the favor of the mongoose with hatred. They had ruthlessly beaten the same little mongoose that had bravely saved their son's life. The couple were full of remorse. They cried and held the little mongoose in their arms, for it had been beaten nearly to death. Words to parents. Parents should question themselves if they have made similar mistakes to the one in this story, such that they misconstrue their children's actions before they have discovered the truth of the matter. This will in effect greatly hurt the children's minds. Parents must be fair, justified, and be able to tell right from wrong. Only in this way can parents expect their children to become sound in both body and mind. Learn more about Buddhism. In Buddhism, do not kill refers to not killing sentient beings. The word sentient refers to the fact that these beings have feelings and perceptions. This is true for animals because they can feel pain and pleasure. Killing sentient beings incurs anger and leads to future retribution. This is why it is suggested that we should not kill in Buddhism. In Buddhism, grass, wood, stone, and vegetables are not sentient beings, and eating them does not incur any future retribution. The Little Monk and the Bandits Once upon a time, there was a boy who became a Buddhist novice monk at an early age. After he had been a novice monk for quite a long time, he thought that he should receive the full ordination. Are you more than 20 years old? An old monk asked. I am not sure. I don't know when I was born. The little monk scratched his head. Then you should go ask your parents and tell me after you have found out. Okay, I'll go home right now. On the way home, 
the little monk had to travel through a forest. However, when he entered the forest, he was caught by bandits. Because the bandits could not get any valuable things from him, they prepared to kill him. The little monk spoke calmly to them. If I can't reach home, people will know there are bandits in the forest. Then no one will dare to come here in the future. Moreover, villagers will come to capture you. Therefore, you should not kill me. Killing me won't do any good. The bandits thought the little monk's words did make sense. So they reached an agreement with the little monk. If you don't tell other people that there are bandits in the forest, we'll let you go. Since you are a monk, you must keep your promise. The little monk nodded in agreement. The first thing he did after arriving home was ask his parents about his age. You are more than 20 years old now, and you can receive the full ordination. This is going to be a big day for you. We shall go with you to celebrate this. As a result, the little monk's parents and relatives went with him through the forest to the Jetavana Monastery. The bandits saw this group of people, captured them, and prepared to take all their belongings. They found the little monk and asked him angrily, Hey, you knew we were here. Why did you not tell your family members not to come here? The little monk said, I have already promised you not to mention this. Therefore, I needed to keep my promise. Otherwise, I would be breaking the precept of do not lie. The bandits were moved by the sincerity of the little monk and released all his family members. The leader of the bandits asked, You monks seem to be very happy. What is so good about being a monk? The little monk replied, Although the life of a monk looks simple, this is actually not the case. One of the good things about being a monk is that we do not feel the need to be bandits or to rob people. Money does not necessarily bring happiness. Happiness comes from feeling happy for others and acquiring the Dharma joy. Hearing this, the bandits followed a little monk and converted to being Buddhist monks. In the end, they all became enlightened. Words to parents. The best models for children to follow are their parents. Therefore, parents must be credible in what they say. Only when parents set good examples can they expect their children to match their words and their actions and thus become respectable people. Learn more about Buddhism. According to the rules of Buddhism, those who have taken complete precepts are qualified monks and nuns. Generally speaking, there are 250 rules for Buddhist monks and 348 rules for Buddhist nuns. The purpose of receiving the full ordination is such that Buddhist practitioners can work hard on Buddhist practice and keep themselves from evil deeds.
The Sixteen Cuts. This story took place in the early years of the establishment of Republic of China. At the time, wars were frequent, and the country was full of bandits and thieves. There was a family with seventeen members. All of the family believed in the Guanyin Bodhisattva. They never forgot to offer incense, and worshipped the Bodhisattva day and night. One night, the master of the family dreamed of the Bodhisattva, who told him, "Tomorrow night, bandits will come to your home to rob you. The name of the robber who comes in first is Mazi Wang. In his previous life, he was a pig, and you were a butcher. You killed him with sixteen knife cuts. He is now reincarnated as a human. He wants to take his revenge." And will cut you sixteen times in return. Perhaps you can resolve this matter with your devotion. After the man got up the next day, the dream was still clear in his mind. He summoned all the family together, and asked them all to hide in the room at the back of the house. He told them, "No matter what happens, do not come out." He then prepared many delicious dishes and waited in the living room. In the evening, as his dream had foretold, there came a band of robbers. A robber holding a big knife came into the house first. The housemaster did not show any fear and spoke to the robber calmly. "Mr. Mazi Wang, please come in and have a seat." How do you know my name? The robber, who had been addressed, was very shocked. Never mind. Please have some food first. After you finish, I'll repay you the debt I owe. I know you have come here to claim this debt. How do you know I am Mazi Wang? I have been a robber for a long time, but no one knows my true identity. The robber was greatly surprised. The master of the house told the robber about the dream, and said sincerely, "I am very sorry for what I've done to you. First, I will serve you a meal, and afterwards, you may cut me sixteen times." Upon hearing this, Ma Ziwang sighed. "How incredible Guanyin Bodhisattva is! He knew I would come here. You killed me with." Sixteen cuts in my previous life, but if I now kill you with sixteen cuts, and you do the same thing to me in a future life, how can this vengeance come to an end? Mazi Wang raised his big knife and pretended to cut the back of the housemaster sixteen times with a knife spine. He said, "Now, I have cut you sixteen times in return. From now on." All our debts are paid. The housemaster was very glad. The resentment from his previous life had finally been solved. Thereafter, the two men became good friends. Words to parents: When their children are bullied, what concept should parents instill in their children? When others beat you, should you return the blow? Or should you bear it 
without returning blows and curses. In fact, what children need most are the ability to differentiate between right and wrong, as well as the confidence and courage to confront and solve problems. Learn more about Buddhism. As the ancient saying goes, there is no end to revenge. The reason for revenge is a lack of understanding about the rule of cause and effect, and that these resentments are kept in mind. The result is that one will suffer throughout future lives. In Buddhism, it is said that all sentient beings are our former family members or relatives. Everyone possesses the Buddha nature and will become a Buddha in the future. There is also a saying that goes, one needs to establish good connections with others before he becomes a Buddha. Therefore, we should learn love and compassion from the Buddhasava and learn not to keep previous resentments in mind and not to hate evil men. Instead, we should solve these resentments, developing good connections with other people with an equal mind. The Sound by the Bodhisattva Once upon a time, there was a kid who was sent by his parents to a temple at a very early age and became a Buddhist novice monk. Although he behaved well, he was not a smart boy. His master taught him to bow to and worship the Guanyin Bodhisattva, and he was only allowed to go to bed every night after worshiping for the time it takes a whole incense stick to burn. You should worship the Guanyin Bodhisattva piously and ask the Bodhisattva to protect you and bless you with wisdom. Make sure that you worship for as long as it takes a whole incense stick to burn completely. You are only allowed to go to sleep after I ring the bell. The master spoke to him earnestly. From then on, the little monk followed the master's instructions. Every night, he burned a stick of incense in front of the Bodhisattva and prayed, Guanyin Bodhisattva, one with great kindness and compassion, one who is incredible and responsive, and who liberates people from suffering, please bless me to be smart and allow me to acquire wisdom. He then knelt down to worship the Buddhasava after praying and repeated this over and over again. The little monk worshipped the Guanyin Buddhasava every day. In case the little monk became lazy, the old master would sit in meditation at the back of the hall every night watching him over. When the stick of incense was just about to finish burning, the master would ring the bell to remind the little monk that he was allowed to go to bed. Over three years, both the master and the little monk had never missed a practice. The old master 
was getting old, and one day he dozed off while meditating and forgot to ring the bell. The old master didn't wake up until midnight and became worried. Oh no, I forgot to ring the bell. The little monk must be sleeping in the hall. However, there was no one in the hall. The little monk had already gone to sleep. The old master was quite upset, thinking, How dare he go to sleep without waiting for me to ring the bell? Early the next day, the old master told the little monk off, How dare you go to sleep without hearing me ring the bell? The little monk said, Master, why do you say you did not ring the bell? The master was puzzled since. Although the little monk was not very smart, he never lied. The old master then thought, Fine, I'll intentionally not ring the bell tonight and I'll see what happens. But when night came, something strange occurred. Ding, ding, ding. The sound of the bell was made. Even the old master could hear it. Thus the little monk finished his worshipping and went to sleep. Where did the sound of the bell come from? The old master wondered. He then realized, Guan Yin Bodhisattva is so incredible. The Bodhisattva had blessed the kid and rung the bell on time so that he could go to sleep. In the end, the pious little monk became a great Buddhist master. When he grew up, he delivered Buddhist lectures and spent his life promoting Buddhism. Words to Parents Parents should tell their children, those who are brave have no fear, and they are not afraid of setbacks and difficulties. The little monk in the story has strong determination and showed great perseverance in pursuit of wisdom so that even the Bodhisattva was moved to bless him. With these merits and virtues, anything is possible. Learn more about Buddhism. Guan Yin Bodhisattva is widely respected and worshipped by people both in the cities and in the countryside all over Taiwan, and there are numerous statues of his around. For instance, there are the Guan Yin in white, the Guan Yin in bamboo grove, the Guan Yin holding a fish basket, the water and moon Guan Yin, the Guan Yin holding a glass bottle, the Guan Yin in the clam, the children sinning Guan Yin, the eleven-faced Guan Yin, the thousand-armed and thousand-eyed Guan Yin, and so on. There are corresponding stories behind each of these forms. Each of these stories describes how the Bodhisattva responded to different people and liberated them from sufferings. Illustrated stories from Master Hai Tao. What we've got and what we've lost.
Bubbles in the Water. A long time ago, there was a beautiful princess who was deeply loved by the king. The king satisfied her every request and wish. The princess was like a flower in a greenhouse, well protected and always taken care of. She was never denied what she wanted. One day, it suddenly started to pour down with heavy rain. The holes in the roads became filled with rain water and turned into puddles. As the raindrops fell into the puddles, they formed colorful and transparent round water bubbles. As soon as the princess laid eyes on the small water bubbles, she became deeply attracted to them. She thought, if I could make the bubbles into hair accessories and clip them to my hair, I would look very pretty. The princess ran to the king and acting like a spoiled child, asked him to send someone to make hair ornaments with the water bubbles. Ha ha, sweetheart, water bubbles are too fragile to be held by our hands. How can we turn them into hair accessories? The king was in a predicament. I don't care, I don't care. Daddy, you must make one for me, said the princess angrily. So the king called the best craftsmen together and commanded, go and get the water bubbles and turn them into hair accessories so that the princess can wear them in her hair. You will be beheaded if this is not done. The craftsmen were frightened and turned pale after hearing this as they did not know what to do. However, an old craftsman stepped forward and offered to complete this task by himself. The king was very happy. Are you sure? That's brilliant. The princess jumped with happiness. The old craftsman said slowly, Your Majesty, I do not know what kind of water bubbles the princess likes. May I ask the princess to choose the bubbles herself so that I can make the best ornaments? Without a second thought, the princess started to choose the bubbles she liked best from the puddles. But all the bubbles burst as soon as her fingers touched them. No matter how hard the princess tried, she could not pick up the bubbles. In the end, the princess lost patience and said to the king tartly, Daddy, I now understand. The bubbles in the water cannot be picked up. They are impermanent, and only a silly person like me would spend so much time and effort trying to obtain and keep them. In fact, it is important to realize that not only water bubbles, but many other things are also impermanent in this world. So many people, however, chase after the attainment of these inconstant things all their lives. Can you see now that they are wasting their time? Words to Parents from the story, parents should understand that loving your children does not mean that you should satisfy their every desire, but that you should sometimes let them understand the greater truths of life. 
If you always satisfy your children in every aspect, they may become lost in the pursuit of material desire. Not only will they never achieve contentment, they will, on the contrary, become overbearing, irresponsible, greedy, and ungrateful. Learn more about Buddhism. In Buddhism, the truth of life that Shakyamuni Buddha revealed is emptiness. What is emptiness? If you say to your child, you are not who you are, they probably will not understand what you mean. Alternatively, if you tell them that a piece of precious diamond can be turned to nothing by a great fire, they should understand that nothing does not undergo change. This change can even include complete transformations. Therefore, we have to learn to be content and to let go of things. After all, we came to this world empty, handed, and we will, too, leave this world empty, handed. Illustrated Stories from Master Hightower What We've Got and What We've Lost The Death and the Gold Coins There was a miser who was very stingy and never donated a penny to anyone else. He was also very stingy to himself, not wanting to spend his money on food or other things. The only thing he loved was collecting gold coins. He hid his collection of gold coins in a secret room. Every night, he would do nothing but count the coins that he collected. He could only be at ease and get to sleep after having counted all the coins. He spent five years living his way and managed to collect 30,000 gold coins in total. One night, while the miser was counting his gold coins, a thought came to his mind. For my whole life, I have been busy earning money, exchanging it for gold coins, and I have never enjoyed a single day. Now I have got 30,000 gold coins. It is time to stop collecting them and start enjoying my life. I will change my ways as from tomorrow. While he was thinking about it, he suddenly saw an old man dressed in black standing sternly in his room. The miser was shocked and thought someone wanted to rob him of his gold coins. He shouted, Who are you? What do you want? The old man said, I am death and I have come to take you away from this world. Come with me, and you'll never need to count those gold coins again. The miser panicked. He had never considered the fact that one day he would die, so he wanted to please death. Dear death, he said, I have never really enjoyed a day in my whole life. Since you are here, I will not let you go back empty-handed. Here is a deal. I will give you 10,000 gold coins, and in exchange, you must let me live for three more days so I may see and experience this world. Death shook his head. The miser said, Is this not enough for you? All right. Instead, I will give you 20,000 gold coins. Then please let me live for two more days. Death still shook his head.
the miser said, I beg you, I will give you 30,000 gold coins so that I will have nothing at all left. Then please let me live for one more day. Dev shook his head sternly. Everyone dies with empty hands. Stop bargaining and just come with me. The miser knelt down and cried his heart out, begging piously to death. If I do have to die, I beg you, and I will give you 30,000 gold coins. Please just let me live for three more minutes so that I may write down something for future people. Dev smiled. All right, I will let you live for three more minutes. The miser wrote in tears, Men and women, please cherish your life. Live your life to the fullest, and do not only think of accumulating your wealth. No matter how many gold coins you have, they cannot buy you a day of life. Words to parents. Parents should be inspired by this story and use this as an opportunity to remind their children to do well in whatever endeavor they commit to. They must not act like the miser in the story who didn't regret wasting his whole life in greed until the moment of death. There are many important things in our lives which need to be planned carefully, carried out, and accomplished. Parents are the guardians and supervisors of their children. It is the responsibility of wise parents to teach their children how to avoid wasting time during the journeys of their lives. Learn more about Buddhism. In Buddhism, life is a continuous cycle of reincarnation. In this life, you are a human being, but in the next life, you could find yourself in any of the six paths of reincarnation. The six paths mean the six different levels of the world. The hell, the hungry ghost, the animal, the asura, the human, and the heaven. We should not waste a single moment and should do good things, cultivating our wisdom and good karma, so as to free ourselves from the six paths of reincarnation. Illustrated Stories from Master Haithal What We've Got and What We've Lost A Story of Reincarnation Once there was a couple who deeply loved each other. The husband had strong faith in Buddhism and was devoted to making offerings to the Three Jewels. He was never tired of this. His wife also followed him in practicing the Dharma. One day, the husband suddenly got seriously ill. Although he was treated by many great doctors, he did not recover. The wife took care of him day and night and wept sadly for her weak husband. Why can't you get better soon? How can you bear leaving me and our young children? How can we live without you? The husband was heartbroken upon hearing this, but his condition continued to deteriorate and he passed away not long after. The wife was heartbroken upon losing her beloved husband and cried every day. Since the husband worried about his wife and children when he was alive and was reluctant to leave them alone, 
He was reborn as a small bug and inhabited his wife's nose in order to keep an eye on them. There was a Buddhist monk who possessed supernatural powers and he had been a good friend of the deceased husband. When he came to visit them, he saw the bug on the wife's nose and immediately knew that his friend had been reincarnated as that bug. The monk was about to express sympathy to his wife, but she was gripped by such sadness upon seeing her husband's friend that she cried even harder. The bug was washed off her face by her tears and by the snot from her nose and ended up on the floor. The wife felt very embarrassed and was about to step on the bug. However, the monk immediately stopped her and said, Please don't kill the bug. It is the reincarnation of your husband. Hearing this, the wife became flustered and immediately bent over to check the bug on the floor. She felt astonished and puzzled and said to the monk, You say this is my husband, but how could this have happened? My husband practiced Buddhism very hard. He read the sutras every day and followed the disciples carefully. How can it be possible for him to be reborn as a bug? The monk replied, It's because he couldn't let go of his love for his family before he died. He still had concerns for the family, and he was not willing to leave his home. When she heard of this, the wife blamed herself for her unwillingness to let go of her husband, which had made him unable to be freed from reincarnation. Thus, she sincerely asked the monk to preach Buddhism to her husband, so as to allow him to be freed from suffering and to be reborn favorably. The monk preached the Buddha Dharma to the bug there and then and said to him, My friend, you used to practice Buddhism diligently and make offerings to the three jewels in your previous life. You should have been reborn in the pure land to continue your practice. How could you allow yourself to get stuck in love and be reborn as a bug? Even your wife feels sorry for you. You should really be ashamed of yourself. After hearing the monk's words, the bug certainly understood what had happened and felt ashamed. It died right away, and after getting rid of the shackles of love, the husband was reborn in heaven with the good karma he had gained from practicing Buddhism. Words to parents. Our children should have some understanding of life and death. They should understand that life always comes with death and that every beginning has an end. The meaning of life is not determined by its length, but by how one has lived their life. We must cherish what we have now and not allow ourselves to become upset when we lose something. We should learn how to alleviate our own pain and loss. Learn more about Buddhism. Buddhist monks, or the people who believe in Buddhism, always greet people with Amitabha, which is a blessing for infinite good fortune in life. Amitabha Buddha is also known as the great king of medicine, so sick people often pray to Amitabha for relief from pain and sickness. It is the wish of Amitabha Buddha to save sentient beings and to welcome them to the Pure Land 
of ultimate bliss. Illustrated stories from Master Hai Tao, what we've got and what we've lost. The story of the gold plate. A long time ago, a young man traveled with his uncle to many places for business. Once they came to a country and encountered a large river. The uncle went across first and saw a small hut next to the shore. As the uncle walked nearer, he noticed a widow and a little girl sitting inside. The little girl said to her mother, Mom, there is a big plate at the back of our house and we haven't used it for many years. We should sell it instead of leaving it there unused. No matter how much it is worth, it would be really nice if we could exchange it for a white pearl. I really want a pearl. The mother nodded in agreement and went to the back of the house to get the unused plate from a pile of old belongings. She showed it to the businessman. The businessman took the plate gently and found immediately that it was made of gold. It was priceless. However, he did not want to pay the mother and the daughter the amount the plate was truly worth. So he pretended to be scornful and threw the plate to the floor, saying with disdain, I was expecting something precious. Please don't let this piece of junk tarnish my hands. He then walked away. Later, the young man also crossed the river to look for his uncle. The girl saw another businessman coming and brought up the idea of exchanging the plate for a pearl again. The mother said to the girl softly, What happened just now was so embarrassing. We should just leave the plate and not try to exchange it for anything. But mom, he looks different from the previous visitor. This young man seems so honest and friendly, not at all like that greedy businessman who came just now. The girl did not listen to her mother and showed the plate to the young man. The young man looked at the plate and told him, this plate is made of very precious premium gold and it is worth a lot of money. Can I exchange your plate for all the goods on my boat? The mother said happily, of course. The young man quickly found his uncle and borrowed two gold coins to ship the cargo across the river. The uncle heard that his nephew was going to make an exchange for the precious plate. So he came to the widow while his nephew was away collecting the cargo. Putting on a front of generosity, he said to the widow, your plate is actually only worth a few pennies. However, since I have a good heart and you seem poor, I will exchange a few pearls for your plate at my loss. I cannot help but be a good, kind person. The widow easily saw through his trick and said angrily, Here you come again. Let me tell you, I have already made a deal with a young man who has a good heart. He is going to exchange his entire cargo for my plate. How dare you try to exchange my plate for a few measly worthless pearls. Don't even think about it. You are such a greedy and conniving liar. Let me teach you a lesson before you leave. The widow then lifted her walking stick and brandished it at the uncle.
Seeing this, the uncle quickly escaped and ran to the riverside. He beat his chest and stamped his feet in deep grief. Give me the precious blade. Full of regret and hatred, he actually coughed up blood and died there and then. The young man said with grief, Uncle, you lost your precious life for the sake of greediness. How can that have been worthwhile? Words to parents. We often hear stories about people who lose their lives because of greediness. Parents should set good examples to show children that we should control our desires and achieve our goals by real work. We should not be greedy about wealth and honor. It's important for us to make the most of every opportunity in our life. Greediness will distract us from the many precious opportunities in our lives, which can only be attained by seizing every moment and working hard. Learn more about Buddhism. The Buddha once said, there are 20 difficulties in Buddhist practice. One of these maxims states, it is difficult to donate from poverty, since poor people already have many problems to survive. How can they think of making charitable donations? However, in truth, impoverishment in this life is retribution for lack of charitable donations in the previous life. It was said in the 42 chapter sutra that if one practiced Buddhism from the present moment, one can break through every difficulty throughout the entire journey towards becoming a Buddha. All that is required is strong faith and perseverance. Having a lot of desire is like being a thirsty person who is drinking seawater. This will not quench your thirst, but instead will make you suffer more. On the other hand, a satisfied person will have a soft and free mind. They will not be overwhelmed by desires and will always feel light and happy. Hightow's Quotations Author's Profile Master Hightow Master Hightow was born in Taipei. He had been running a travel agency before becoming a Buddhist monk at the age of 35. Over the last 20 years, the Master has kept traveling around and has devoted himself to education in order to arouse people's care about living beings, their respect for life, and their kindness and compassion. He also wishes to make Buddhism prevail in the world and wants to purify people's minds with Buddhist teachings. The Master is currently the chairman of the Life Culture Foundation, director of Life TV, chairman of the China Sutra Printing Association, chairman of the China Life Caring Association, director of Compassion Culture Co-LTD, and more besides. It is the Master's aspiration to transform the world into many different ways.